Hello and welcome to Cinema Subculture, the podcast where we discuss everything strange, obscure and downright messed up in the world of movies. My name's Gary. And I'm Simon. We have returned. Hoofed. Hiatus. Yeah, seems yeah. that way. Unplanned, but apologies for that. Yeah. Keep saying this, but we will return to a fortnightly schedule. Gary's getting through his criterion collection. Yeah, it's, it's, his it's, it's me, yeah. Watching <laughs> yeah. too many. It's not just you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll definitely be getting back to back to normal mm. after the new year. We're still recovering for the new year. Oh, aye. Yeah, yeah. This will be our like, what, fourth episode since the yeah, new year. Yeah, it'll be, yeah. Uh, uh, it'll be no bad. We also missed our year, yearly birthday. birthday. We've passed oh, the year. Yeah, We've been yeah. doing this for longer than a year now. Mm. There you go. Happy birthday to us. This episode, Gary. Back to the business at hand. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about uh, is Irreversible, directed by Gaspar Noe. What we're saying about it? Well, you're just going to see. <laughs> so I think this is from 2002. 2002, French yep. produced film, I believe. Mm-hmm. Although I think Gaspar uh, was Argentinian born, but he right. loves in France and that. <laughs> it is a bit of uh, work in France yeah. Yes he's an Argentine Filmmaker right. based in France mm-hmm. Just checking your facts there Gary like right. to make sure you're right <laughs> So Plot Gary Do you want to do a little rundown Um. Okay Spoilers Oh yeah Because <laughs> like, you get uh-huh. spoilers first Yeah you sure. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So if you don't know The film plays in reverse order mm-hmm. uh, Finish to start that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so it follows a couple and their friend. Um, I don't actually know how to do the plot. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, because I was looking right. at the plot outline and, and on Wikipedia and it, it, contain, it says it contains 13 scenes presented in reverse chronological order and then tells you in order. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So the, the only way you can really explain it is by... Well, I mean, I, yeah, you can't really right. give a, a plot outline without starting at the beginning mm. or the end, whatever uh, you want to go through. So it's basically, it follows a couple, um, they go to a party, meet their friend, um, bit of a bust up, the woman leaves the party early, um, she gets raped, and then the, it's the subsequent violence of the two guys trying to find the perpetrator, mm-hmm. but the film plays in reverse order. Yeah. I was just going to want to start off with a quote uh, from Roger Ebert, mm-hmm. who says uh, about the film, it's a film so violent and cruel that most people will find it unwatchable. Um which I think I agree with to an extent because um, even though I think the film is a, a stunning piece of work, it does kind of assault its audience. It is uh, really brutal, both in the content of the film and uh, how it's put together. Um, I mean, in terms of content, you've got two of the most brutal scenes, I think, maybe ever depicted in film. And uh, the way the film is produced um, is pretty... I mean, it doesn't take any prisoners you've got roaming weird camera which is like incredibly disorientating you've got a uh, really kind of a pounding sound design and other thing uh, no does to unsettle the audience is he, he did he put like a a low audio frequency yeah um through the film which kind of it's meant to kind of make the audience kind of nauseous and mm, sort of that, unsettles you yeah i mean it really, um, it really does um looking as you said about the opening scene it's like that almost becomes as hard if you can get through that as a mainstream film viewer, that's almost as difficult to get through as the the scenes of violence. Yeah, you know, just coming as like as a mainstream film, you know, just expecting a, a chronological film even. Mm-hmm. Um, 
getting through that can is is almost like you're kind of right a passage to get to the the scenes of violence. Yeah, you know, if you can get through that, you can you can make it through those almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think what's what's great about the film though. Uh, even though it's some of the most graphic stuff you might ever see, um, I think everything in it is completely justified by the kind of philosophy behind the film. Um, I still think it would say it's gratuitous at all, even though some people might disagree. Mm. I mean, I heard like it can when it premiered, like two hundred people walked out or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's exaggerated, but uh... I mean, again, it's what we've said before. If you don't want to see it, fair enough. Mm. I can't yeah, understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't. You know, you're not going to force someone to watch a film, but. I think that you're like what we said before as well is um you know d- depicting these scenes of violence mm. in any less than kind of a realistic way mm. is almost to sugarcoat them. Yeah. You know, I mean or lessen them somehow. Yeah, you know, I think I've said it before, like, you know, like oh well, you know, you see a rape in a, a film and it it's not like a it's it's not as violent maybe as it would be in real life well mm. you know or, or not as prolonged or whatever you know mm. and not as um, nasty and it could almost become that like someone hears someone's raped and then that's what they get and it's like well it's not that bad yeah you know what i mean they might that might be the the kind of oh i've seen you know you know what i mean it's mm. like the whole they say about desensitizing people to gunshots things like that mm. you know that to present it it's almost irresponsible to present it in a film and not present it to its that's right, yeah. It's almost a paradox of cinema yeah. that uh, um, it's more moral to show violence as it really is, mm-hmm. even though most people would be offended by that. Mm-hmm. So, but that, that, that yeah. and that's 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 it. You should be, aff- yeah, you know, it should be offensive. It should, it shouldn't be something you can comfortably sit through mm. because it, you know, just it wouldn't be in real life. Yeah, yeah. Or it shouldn't be in real life. You know, um, definitely. So yeah, look, the first scene as we're saying there, it's it's completely disorientating when the, the camera first starts you know coming on the sound design you say pounding with that kind of low tone um it kind of it's like literally like a it's like a, a, on a swing or you know it's, mm. it's so like moving you know it's like um it's kind of like the disembodied entity from the evil dead you know right, that's yeah, almost yeah. what it's like with the noise and the music and stuff like that um and eventually we kind of end up in this like loft room mm. apartment type thing with with two kind of like unrelated to the, the actual plot characters, um, I believe one of them's the guy that uh, is the character, the butcher from uh, Noe's first film. Yeah, uh, I stand alone. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I think he's talking about some of the plot elements from that film. We get arrested for having sex with his yeah. daughter or something like that. Um, and they're basically they come they they mention that I think that's the first mention or the last mention, whatever you want to talk about it, the of the whatever time. Destroys everything yeah, or something yeah. like that. Time destroys all things. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, yeah. That seems to be the kind of theme mm-hmm. of the film overall. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that seems there to set up the kind of philosophy of the film because it has no relation in terms of plot mm. or anything. But um, yeah, I think what he's trying to say there, um, for me, the film's kind of about that morality, there is no morality. Um like the guy from the, the I Stand Alone mm-hmm. saying why he was in jail and stuff like that to the other guy, he's kind of saying, oh, I think about it every day. But then the other guy saying, deed, he says something like, it's just deeds, there's no bad deeds or good deeds, just deeds. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to say that morality is something that's a human construct. Um, it's something that's kind of subjective and uh, temporal. It has no kind of universality or objectivity. At the same time, and then he's also kind of the second kind of thing about it is he's saying that 
uh, that human beings are really animals. I mean, we can aspire to a kind of moral uh, pinnacle, but it's kind of useless in a way because we're, 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 we're kind of uh, both good and bad. It's kind of pointless to... No, no, no human being can ever, can ever achieve that. So t- taking that forward into the form of the film, I think no way presents a kind of amoral version of all the characters. There's no heroes and villains type thing. Um, in terms of the camera work as well, it's all very objective. Um, and what you're saying about how the camera is just kind of, it's like a fly in the wall type mm-hmm. thing. It's just kind of flying about. So one of the most brutal scenes in the film is um, we see uh, well Pierre and well our two. Well, haven't you gave the character names? No. Our two kind of main male perpetrators are Pierre. Uh, and well, Marcus. Marcus, yeah. So they're going trying to find the who who had raped Alex. The rapist, uh-huh. And they go had to go to a club called the Rectum, Rectum. a gay club, yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, so they kind of again we're, we kind of by this point in the film we're realizing that nothing's happening necessarily in chronological. If you didn't realize before, you mm. definitely know now. Um, because I think just before this scene takes off, we see. Marcus coming out of the club in a stretcher. Yeah. Getting um a whole bunch of homophobic slurs mm. hurled at him. Um so then we keep we're kinda like like at first it's almost as if the camera's what's like charging through this club looking for something. You know, it's kind mm. of like the again the camera work it's like really kinetic and just kinda like going through the club and we're, not, we're seeing images and it's all dark and things like that um, and eventually we've realised that we've got I think, I think it's Marcus we follow in right yeah yeah, yeah and Pierre's with them um, and he's looking for is it Latenia Latenia uh, right, yeah the tapeworm mm. tapeworm sorry um, and he um, i trying to remember Basically, he just keeps asking folk, "Where's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's this fucking guy?" Um, and eventually, he comes across two characters who seem to be getting on a wee bit. Um, and does he ask one of them, or does he just? It's like someone points to them. Yeah. Yeah, and says that's Latini over there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he goes over and he challenge that he speaks to them, and one of them has a bit of an attitude problem. Mm. And they, they, they start to have a bit of a violent fight. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, I was like, I get still wondering what's going on, really. You know, when we watch this, you just don't, you don't, you obviously don't know the kind of backstory or the future story, whatever, um, to this. But as I say, there's a pretty violent fight, and uh, Marcus gets his arm pretty epically broken. Yeah. That but that point I was like oh holy shit that was yeah. awesome but that was like that's the the most brutal I think like appendage breaking I've seen right. on film, um, and then um, he's about to I believe he's about to get raped at this point, right, <laughs> and and Pierre comes in with the fire extinguisher, aye, makes him some mincemeat, mm. uh, and a a pretty brutal scene. Yeah. Uh, again, unbelievably pulled off. Like, I didn't really. I mean, I didn't know how they'd done it, and I found out later. Obviously, it was a like CGI, but like, I mm. mean, it doesn't look to me. It didn't look like an effect. It looked very real. Yeah. You know, it was very uh, well done. Well, what we should say about this film also that it's a series of a uh, sequence, like yeah. long takes, sequence yeah, uh, long yeah, takes, or it appears to be. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They say that so, like, kind of roughly like. 
sort of 15 20 minute takes even yes. though he's got some kind of he, he does has techniques for well jump cuts mm-hmm. like when he'll pan up to this to the sky or something the yeah, dark sky dark, or that yeah. roof or something mm-hmm. um so that makes it even more impressive that um you see a guy's face getting smashed say fuck i like we are, literally uh, caved in i mean yeah it's... so it was a combination of i think like it was a rubber latex mm. mask mm-hmm. um and then some cgi on top of that but yeah, you can see it. There's a it, the camera does a kind of whip pan thing, the right, reverse yeah, angle yeah. Mm-hmm. when they switch from the actual right. actor to the to the um, the dummy or the mask. But again, um, it's not like something that's um, different from the style that they've been using. So it's, yeah, it almost yeah. sinks in. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's very natural for the camera to do that um, because that's what it's been yeah. doing. It's not like unusual. It's not as if they're all mm. you're try- they're trying to hide something. Yeah. It just feels very much like this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. But pretty nasty. Yeah. On when they get in the face caved in. That's it. It's a, it's a brutal thing to watch. So even after seeing the film a few times. Mm. Um, I mean, the guy literally goes from <clears throat> like writhing in pain mm. to like nothing. Like, you know what I mean? Literally from that right down to nothing and not even having a head almost. Yeah. Um, it's pretty graphic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it, it's uh, kind of interesting that it's. And then it's Pierre who actually commits yeah, such a, uh-huh. a heinous deed. Because mm-hmm. um, he's kind of portrayed earlier in the film as the kind of uh, cerebral, rational one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah Kind of uh-huh. emasculated. There's a, there's a, a scene that comes later, um, which is uh, that kind of talking about orgasms and that. Because mm-hmm. um, Pierre had previously dated yeah. Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're kind of going back and forth. And he's given sort of banter to to um, Marcus that he's kind of like a like a chimpanzee, like a kind of animalistic man, uh, simplistic. Um, he's a, the kind of uh, alpha male mm-hmm. of the two. So, um, like implying that he's the more kind of like um, enlightened. Yes, ah, like Marcus yeah. is more of the kind of prime yeah. primeval yeah. man. Like caveman, kind of like yeah, more, yeah. more likely to like more just be, yeah, to be more like emotionally driven rather yeah. than uh, instinct driven, rather um, than um, think about things. Aye, well, so on the commentary, in the way he says that initially, originally in that scene, it was meant to be a conversation about comparing men to rats, right? The the, <laughs> the kind of as you're saying, the primal animalistic nature of men. Um, mm. But I think what. Uh, no, he's trying to say with making it actually Pierre that commits the violence is that um, violence is kind of endemic to humankind anyway. Mm. So we can aspire to this kind of civilization, but it's always kind of lurking there under the surface. Um, so whilst this guy gets his face caved in um, by Pierre, the real rapist mm. kind of stands on, on at the side watching yeah, this. Indeed. Um, we see that through the whole thing again we don't necessarily know this at the time mm. until much later um, I guess that's the kind of a bit of the twist of the film yeah um, I mean again that's you're saying you're saying about like you or I don't know if you said you or if you just said to me <laughs> um, about the kind of there's no justice yeah in the in the film mm. um, because the the rapist doesn't that's it yeah yeah he, the, yes. the guy who's actually done gets the wrong guy yeah yeah uh, uh, <clears throat> um, yeah again that's kind of I think one of the things no he's trying to reject traditional uh, morality um, and just saying that these kind of 
um, idealistic constructs really have no bearing in reality, mm. even though we might try to um, aspire to that. Also, like saying <clears throat> there was something about like, a, you know, when when it is, when you your like primitive instincts take over, it's like you're not necessarily going to direct them to the right people. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, there is something about being in a club that um, uh, is sort of um, uncivilized in a way. You mm. kind of lose a little bit. It's like you've got uh, so it's dark. You've got mm-hmm. really loud music, and you're everybody's drinking mm-hmm. or taking drugs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, kinda, rules kind of slightly yeah. the edges come off the kind of normal rules of civilization a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Um, also a bit of the kind of almost like the mob mentality a bit yeah well. obviously everyone's not together but it can i'm sure it does get out of hand quite mm. a lot mm-hmm. um and then we see it in club fights mm. I mean, we don't see it because we don't do that you know, <laughs> we don't go to clubs but you know what i mean you see it like it spills out why are there, there are cops stationed at all over the town yeah, you know, yeah. when there's clubs because that these things do happen mm-hmm. um so yeah it's like a very can and the way that the the, the geography of that that of that club in particular yeah. it seems just like a series of corridors. Yeah, you know what I mean. It just seems like long, like a labyrinth, like a, you know yeah. something like almost reminiscent of like something from Hellraiser or something like that. You mm. know, just this kind of labyrinth of from hell or yeah. something. You know, I mean, again, like I've read things he said about you know like he's not like he's no he isn't, isn't like homophobic mm. or anything like that. But again, it, it doesn't necessarily paint them in a great That's, light. Yeah. You know, I think he's been criticised about that. <laughs> Because um, it does, it's very seedy. Yeah. But again, it's... I mean, the uh, I'm sure that exists. I'm sure um, as much for gay people as it does for you know straight people. These seedy mm. clubs, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, I think Noah tried to counter that, but insert themselves. Yeah, the, I wasn't sure club, about yeah. that. His comment because well, I don't know if it's a direct quote or if it's a like lost in the translation or not. But I think the quote was a. Uh, I also appear in irreversible masturbating at the gay club as a means of showing that I didn't feel superior to gays. Right, yeah. And I don't know, is that, I don't know, how, I don't know, like, superior to gays, I don't know, that sounds a bit... Right. I'm not better than the gays, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> it just sounds a bit kind of, right, yeah. you know, I don't know, again, it may be lost in translation, I don't know. Um. How, yeah, how the, 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 it's a very aggressive, aggressive uh, culture mm. in, the, in that gay club there. <laughs> in the rectum <laughs> I love how yeah. they take worms in the bottom of the rectum oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, right in there um, uh, but I think what no he's trying to do I don't think it's so much making a statement about um, gay men it's more just the kind of counterpoint of that the start of the film is meant to be very nightmarish mm. and hellish mm-hmm. and then as the film progresses it gets more kind of uh, ethereal and mm. sort of transcendent Towards the end, yeah, um, I, de- I mean, definitely, yeah, yeah. I, and I mean, I said here, this film effectively has like a happy ending, yeah, even though it's the beginning. Mm. But it's, it, it, where where you leave the characters at the, the end of the film, if you go like that, it basically everyone's fine, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, everyone seems happy at the time, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's something I was going to say there. Oh yeah, about those. I think there's criticism lobby that as well about a, a gay man raping like a woman like mm. you know mm. I, I don't know i mean i don't know what the reason for him being gay was 
you know what I mean? It was a mm. if that's the case. Is it could I mean would a is it is it <clears throat> I mean it feels it does feel like I guess I don't know if it feels wrong, more wrong, but let you like you know, does that how does that affect it if it was a straight guy that draped her? Yeah, that's an interesting point actually. I hadn't thought that it's not necessarily any narrative reason why mm-hmm. it's a gay man, but Unless you just thought like Oh, rectum, that's a great name for a club. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and, and he's, I, I mean, it does kind of make it like almost like this kind of pointless crime. Almost. You know, mm. the rape. Like, well, like, why would a, you know, a gay guy rape a, a woman? Mm. It, you know, it makes it more senseless. Mm. But I don't know. It's pretty senseless as it. You know what I mean? Well, I, it makes it nastier, doesn't it? Yeah. I guess it may be something to do with if the, the sort of vengeance of the film is, he's making a statement about traditional, like, straight male mentalities of violence and um, comparing, like, how heterosexual men think of themselves compared to homosexual men, because traditionally that's a more feminised version. Right, so, so you're... Ah, right, so you, well, well, I yeah. mean, that's a construct that is uh, generalised, but... Mm. Um, <clears throat> So I guess it could be like he's trying to show that balance maybe. That might be a reason to have it, like a gay club. But then again, the, the gay club is very aggressive and very... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like... Very boys and shit. Mm-hmm. I guess so. I, I just... I mean, it, it works in you know, a narrative way. I mean, it does. I mean, it does make you... It does kind of... I mean, is it almost like... Oh no, but I don't know. I don't know if I can justify it yeah. in my head so much. Because as you say, like, it makes you more on the side of the of the two guys when you know when you realize because you're like you see them committing this atrocious murder mm. right to as far as you're away at that point because it's like it's like a, very much like a mystery mm. story this because you get each scene mm-hmm. and then you get the scene that was happened directly before it you know and it builds up to you actually get the full picture because you don't know what's going to happen so it really works well like for a, a film that isn't in chronological order because you know, it's almost, it's weird because usually in a, a traditional film you would get your first bit and you'd be waiting to find out who did it. Mm-hmm. Whereas this works the exact same way but it's played in reverse, right? You know what I mean? It's really, it's quite well done. But, like, it, does it matter? It doesn't matter. Like if, like, if you think, right, okay, well, it's even nasty the fact that he's gay and he's still raping this woman. So that's like, right? But that doesn't, that doesn't change the fact that he'd still be on the guy's sides. You know, you'd still mm. be for them once yeah. you get to that point. Because, you know, in theory, like, once you get to that point, you're like, so this is why they've done this atrocious thing mm. because of what happened to this woman, mm. right? So you can kind of see that it's a revenge thing, right? Instead of just an attack, which appears at the end. You just, you know, you're kind of thingy. Um, so I don't know how that affects... I don't know what that brings to it. Mm. Other than, you know, from, from that, from the, the plot. Yeah. You don't know, do you? Don't know. Yeah. But anyway, that's what I thought yeah. I was thinking. He is a pimp as well. More than just a Oh, well, a that's fair enough then. Uh, no, I know. I, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I, you just, it, it's, you think of, like, you know, where, where the criticism comes from, you can see why it was, Yeah. why it's there. Um, and I don't know, if I, I, I don't know if I could, I'm clever enough to think of the yeah a justification for it. Mm, maybe it's more like heterosexuals' fear of homosexuals in a way, like what goes on. Mm. 
that's a bit loose. That's yeah, a bit. Yeah, but if it was a guy thing, that got raped, then yeah, mm. I could, I could, you know, you could say that that would be because I'd say that's more like if, if you ask your typical semi-homophobic guy, what's your, what's, why do you not like gay men? Right. Because they might want to pump me. Right. right? You know what I mean? It's never going to be because they might want to pump my girlfriend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I, I <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't know. Anyway, we'll get past Hi. that just now. Let, let my wee bit right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to hit any other scenes up? Um, I mean, obviously there's the rape scene, but I really like the party scene. Oh, I haven't even talked about the rape scene yet. Fuck. No, no, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I really like the, the party scene, like, the, again, the, the way it was shot and stuff like that, because yeah. that's like probably your most traditional-looking part of the film, mm. you know, like um, conventional camera work and things like that. Um, and then the the big the end the kind of strobing thing was really cool yeah, yeah. like that. But. So the notorious rape scene, I think I didn't check the exact length. I think it's like eight minutes something. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> well, what's well the kind of major takeaway for this scene is what no no way does is has a camera that doesn't move mm-hmm. of the whole uh, length of the scene pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to the kind of erraticness of what he's been doing up to that point, yeah. it's a stark kind of contrast. Um, and it kind of starts off at one end of the, the tunnel, right? And then kind of comes round, yeah, as the attack begins and then just stays uh, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but as we're saying, start that's in a way it's more brutal, but mm-hmm. um, it's. It's less. Expo- it's not. It's not. It's less exploitative than like you might. Um, if you're cutting to different angles, and this is something the BBFC have had problems with as in perspective in rape scenes. Um, as it kind of titillating, trying to be titillating for the audience or whatever. Um, and this scene, I think, by having the static camera, then you can remove yourself from that. Because um, it's not leading over any yeah. particular action yeah you know there's not the he gropes and stuff like that but it's not like showing close-ups on that and think the yeah. things that they're doing in tra- traditionally in films like when when there's like sexual harassment or any kind mm. of assault at all can it can generally be like that you know it's very i don't know if in those cases it's meant to be titillated but it, you know it it's very much like this is hap. you know what i mean it's, yeah. it's showing up things that are happening so mm. it's kind of it's ex- it's focusing on as I say certain aspects of it mm. rather than this which is just it's the whole thing it's like you're seeing the whole pic you're not like seeing this it's not giving you a close up on her boobs or you know what I mean yeah, or, yeah. you know what I mean um, which you usually get in kind of more mainstream films when mm. there's a rape mm-hmm. I think that's quite creepy about it is there's a well it's kind of short mm-hmm. the long tunnel which is there's yeah. a character who kind of see a shadow at the back kind of come Comes along in. the tunnel and then goes away again yeah yeah um again commenting on the kind of instinct taking over yeah like fear just of like you know I don't know whether they call cops or whatever but it's just like I'm not even because mm. that could be me mm-hmm. you know what I mean that's like there's no kind of enlightened higher moral standing yeah. there. It's just literally like that. I don't want that to be me. Mm-hmm. 
you know. Um, and I guess like even um, like Alex, the character, has a similar thing because she tries to go. Well, she sees this like well trans- transgender hooker being hassled, yeah, and slapped about, and she mm. kind of has a similar thing to go away. Mm. You know, she tries to kind of like yeah. not look and things like that. Mm. So it's a similar kind of thing. It's the probable. I mean, probably the the starkest and most realistic and harrowing, like non Hollywood. Uh, you know, yeah. like non not like you say it's not not what's a cut. It's not put together. Mm-hmm. It's just as is. Yeah, you know, the, there is. You know, what I mean, whether you so the best depiction, the most accurate depiction. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, as you say, like you can't really say. I wouldn't say best, mm. no, but the most accurate mm-hmm. kind of like rape scene you've probably yeah. seen. So the film it makes, as we've said, a lot of use of the long take. I don't know about you, but that's like something I absolutely love mm. in films. Like, um, as I said, I mean, like that's the Hitchcock film. You rope, that, yeah, you're like, rope, you're and, a rope yeah. and I recently uh, saw Dylan for Murder, and I think like it doesn't do it so much with the long take, but. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I love that kind of thing in the pro- prolonged. Like, I, I guess it's just the kind of sustaining yeah. the, the the character for so long without a cut, and you know what I mean. Mm. Once you get to know how films work and you see cuts, you know that there's something you're behind there that you've missed, or mm. not behind. You know what I mean? Like, you know that there's been something that either the actors forgot his line, or you know what I mean. You yeah, know yeah. there's something the patching over, kind of. But with this, it's just like you're just yeah. In, that's what I was gonna know? say. I mean, there's something that's really kind of compelling about it because it's almost like you're not watching a film anymore. Because mm-hmm. even though you're what the, the kind of principles of continuity end where that it's supposed to be invisible as mm-hmm. invisible as possible, but I think yeah. you're watching a standard film and you subconsciously you're aware of it. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of aware you're watching a film in a way. Yeah. Whereas like this is like any film that uses a long take, um, it's aspiring towards something real. Um, so you're kind of like sucked into it it's like incredibly compelling a lot of time and it's almost like there's a sort of voyeurism it's almost like you're kind of seeing into someone's real life but I think that's why the the, the, the scenes of violence are so powerful though, yeah, because yeah, you are, it is, you're being subjected yeah. to it as I say there's no we've said that about the, the rape scene there's no cuts away from it there's mm. no cuts to something closer up or a different yeah, perspective or something so you don't get that kind of oh it's a film aye you know yeah there's a quote from Godard it says, like, um, cinema's truth at 24 frames per second, but every cut is a lie. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That, that, it's quite cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in a sense, cutting is kind of letting the audience off the hook. I mean, that, I would agree with that, definitely. I mean, cuts work very well in, in mo- a lot of films. You know yeah. I mean, like, sometimes it's a, a, a style. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like, Kareem's films and, you know, mm. and, and Lars von Trier, like, the, yeah, they yeah. use the cut very stylistically. Um, but, there is something about like a sustained shot or a sustained scene where you're just following the, these people. It's almost like you just say, you're, you're just seeing it happen. It doesn't yeah, feel yeah. like it's staged anymore. Mm-hmm. It just feels like this is... It's more naturalistic sometimes. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah, so that's one of my favourite things in films. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. I <laughs> yeah. definitely agree with that. Um that's difficult right to pull in. off I would imagine though you have to have good actors that's what I can say like something yeah. like Rope like it's a, yeah. it's a one set right and, mm. and they did I mean it was actors and it was it was, it was a set it wasn't a location you know 
Um, but something like this, it's, I mean, it's a party scene, you know what I mean? And it basically follows them around. I mean, the organisation, or even just the rape scene, imagine, like, what, can you do that again? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if how it would be in terms of shot that. I like, think said six. You know what I mean? That's yeah. like, there's something about the, what the actor has to go through mm. to get in that mind frame mm-hmm. and sustain it for so long. Yeah, yeah. You know, because if you're seeing like something for like, like one shot, like for like 20 seconds mm. and be less like that you know the characters might have only been in character for that 20 seconds or mm. less you know what I mean whereas with these it's like they haven't really like really sustained a level of emotion yeah, yeah. you know um, which I think is really intense yeah what's curious about it as well is there was really no script for the film right all the dialogue was kind of improvised which uh, yeah it's crazy must have like trust these actors mm, um, definitely I, I, that that, that um, appeals to me as well actually I was, yeah. uh, that does appeal to me personally I was listening to something recently and they were talking about um, I think it was on it was Kevin Smith who talked to Russell Brand right on, on one of these things they were talking about Naked the film Naked Mike Lee aye mm-hmm. alright um, and they were saying about how like, obviously he does a lot of stuff improv yeah, and stuff yeah. like that and Russell Brand was just joking and he was saying yeah like, I like the film and that like, but you might want to spend more time on the script you lazy bastard right. like, he was just joking <laughs> because he really right. loves it as well but he was just you know saying a bit like, like it's almost become like uh, like imp- improv and no one's really impressed with it anymore it's almost like it kind of goes under the radar sometimes you know right, in, yeah, in mainstream yeah. films or we improvise that because mm. they do it in so many comedy films now and stuff like that right yeah yeah um but you know, like they're talking about that film in particular. Um, is it the main guy? What's his uh, name? David Thewlis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of the lines they provide. Yeah. You know, it's just amazing. You Aye. know, and it's really, it doesn't get the credit anymore. I don't think that it that it once did. Maybe mm-hmm. you know the the kind of improv script. Mm-hmm. I say people kind of see like you you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> going to write a script then. <laughs> you know? um, I mean, if you're doing a long take. An actor can still fuck it up with a with a tight script. Yeah, but I mean, I... if you don't quite know, I mean, mm-hmm. this seems to be more. Uh, you make yourself more vulnerable what, to the to fucking up the take because you don't quite know where it's going. It could go in the direction like that's uh, kind of shit. But uh, yeah, yeah, that I I feel you. The pressures, the pressures, obviously still on because you just see you could you could take it in a completely stupid direction, yeah, yeah. you know, but. Like if you're not having to remember the dialogue, it can it just it can come it can be seem appear real mm. or more natural natural yeah, yeah. than um, if you've practiced the script. You're actually almost living the conversation rather yeah. than just remembering it. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? You're kind of experiencing what it is and why you're reacting to yeah, the things yeah. people have said and what you're saying, why you're saying what you're saying, rather than something that's pre- been pre-planned. Mm. Um, there's a lot to be said yeah. for. That uh, the the subway scene, the discussion there, I think Noe said in the commentary that um, the actor who plays PR did that off the cuff because it was planned to be the thing about the rats uh-huh. and that, but he just kind of like threw that and really? like improv that. Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, normally with improvisation, even it's not the take you're seeing mm-hmm. isn't they're not actually making it up in that take. Yeah, they, 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 they kind of chew it. Yeah, they, they spit it, it out. Yeah, because yeah. he's a big fan of that, and like him and Pesci and De Niro were big improvisers. But it would all be like um, hammered out in yeah. rehearsals. Yeah, yeah. And then it's you're not actually making up on the fly in the date you're seeing. Yeah, um, so but like, it yeah, seems to be in this. If, if, not, if what you say, if what Noe says is right, then it's kind of is on the fly in this mm, film. But um, yeah, I mean, 
I think, I mean, I think a film like this is kind of hard. Like, how do you kind of, I guess you could do it in like pre, pre, like before you get into production, but if you're doing these long takes, you might as well just let it go. You know what I mean? Mm. And and I know what you're saying, yeah, you can yeah. still think it, but I mean, that still might have been something that he came up with off the cuff and then they did again. Yeah, maybe. You know, yeah. Take, but um, I, I, I prefer, like, I've... I prefer to think that they've just come up with it. Yeah. They, they've caught the magic, you know what I mean, in the moment. Um, I'm sure that happens. Aye. I'm sure that happens. I say harder probably in a film like this when there aren't as many cuts and you can't, like, oh, we'll use that that line he said here, that's great, and then we'll cut to this, yeah, and then, yeah. you know. Um, so. The f- I mean, watching it again there, uh, the first time uh, I'd watched, well, I'd seen it a few times before and then I watched it earlier in the week and I was thinking about the narrative the kind of how the plot works and thinking the reversal does it make the kind of end scenes less once you've seen the film right are you kind of more bored does it does it, the structure kind of uh, fail itself in a way on repeat viewings hmm. but then I, like, I realised that the actual structure is pretty critical to the kind of um, the point that uh, Noah's trying to make this is what this is the thing. This is what uh, Roger Ebert uh, that argued in his review that if it was a standard linear linear narrative, then it would be much more exploitative because the violence and the rape would be the climax. So you're, you're building to that. Yeah. So that, but by reversing <clears throat> it, then um, you're almost saying the point of the film is the opposite. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a moral, it's much more um, moral in a way um, because it gives, in a normal film, if if, if it had been linear, then those initial scenes are really pretty dull because it's just about setting up character. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I get But you. they have so much more impact once you know what arms after. Well, that's it. That, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, I remember yeah. thinking that, like, you know, once you find out that she was pregnant, and yeah, yeah. that's like so much more impact, like... As you say, that's the climax. That's yeah, the yeah. twist in the tale. Because, Aye. and if if it played in um, in chronology, then yeah, the the murder is the you know the violence. And, yeah, 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 definitely. I get what you mean. Um, mm-hmm. It's a, a, a much more kind of. It's much more melancholic. Yeah, because it's, it's know, less. She's having the baby it's less. Oh, I see where this is going. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because you don't really mm. see that coming mm-hmm. from like beginning to end when you see it in reverse. Yeah. It's just that you think that oh that's the climax, mm. not the climax. You, f- you think that's the twist that she's been raped, you know, and that's why these people have done this with the violence. Yeah, yeah. But then you get beyond that, mm-hmm. and it's it's really it's there's more there, you know. Yeah. Mm. But just it's interesting that it's choosing to do the film in that way wasn't just like a like a a stylistic throwaway thing that oh it'd be cool to do it backwards. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of uh, crucial to what the film was trying to say. Yeah. Well, it yeah. turns us like kind of. <clears throat> almost traditional exploitation yeah. story like revenge flick mm. into much more of a kind of mystery mm. like kind of thriller you know right, because yeah. you don't you know as I say each scene that comes builds upon what you've found out in the, the scene you've seen before mm. you know we get mm. more and more backstory it's quite a you know it's yeah. it really is integral to the, mm. the the way the film works yeah um, and I mean like he must have like when he had the idea for it and the reversal and the actual things that happened in the title, he must have thought, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because, I mean, my mentor did it before. but Before this? I think, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Although my mentor has, like, a few different 
narrative threads that kind of mm-hmm. is essentially backwards, but has like the kind of Sammy Jenkins mm-hmm. stuff that's kind of another kind of narrative running. Yeah, um, uh-huh. um, I, I had some. I, I was comparing Memento to this one when I saw Memento. Um, and I'm trying to remember what what it was. Does Memento play directly backwards? Does it? As far as I remember, essentially, yeah. I can't remember that I, I, I was talking about this yeah. one uh, when I saw Memento and I, uh, I think I feel like I had like a kind of well it's you know it's different because I can't right, remember okay. what it is yeah it's but, not quite as strict this is a stricter yeah, yeah. Uh, reverse narrative but trying to think, I don't think it plays in reverse does it not just play like you pick up in a scene and you don't know what's happened directly before Um. oh no you're right it does it does mm. You get in and you don't know there's like something's happened to the character and he doesn't that's what it is because the character doesn't yeah, know yeah. That, yeah. you know the, you're in this, the same situation in Memento as the character is mm. um, and that's that's the, the that's the reason for the non-linearity in that film mm-hmm. whereas this it's a stylistic choice to do with unveiling of the plot yeah, yeah. whereas it works that way in Memento as well but you, he's, no one's putting you in the shoes of, mm. of Guy Pearce's yeah, character yeah true um, because he doesn't know what came before as well. That's what I thought was quite you know mm. different about it compared mm-hmm. to Irreversible, because as I said, like it's not like in, in this the characters know why that they know their motivation. Yeah, it's just us that don't know it. Whereas in that the character doesn't have a motivation other than to find out what went on before. Mm. You know what I mean? So as it's quite as it's it's obviously a similar storytelling technique, but it's it's different for the characters. The, their their motivation is different in the scenes rather than to to move forward. Like in, irre- in irreversible, yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're still moving forward even though we're going back. Mm. Whereas the character's trying to work his way back mm. in the memento. What did you think of the two thousand and one reference? Did you take in from that the poster? Uh, no, no, no. What was that? You noticed it? Yeah. You noticed the poster was above the bed. I did notice it. Right. Aye. Just the the, the baby thing, or? Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting. I mean, Noe said that in the the commentary, he just said that it was kind of one of his favourite films and he put that up there, didn't he? Yeah, I, I read that why. was quite an inspiration to him. Yeah, but I thought it was maybe kind of an ironic thing, or an ironic nod, in the sense that um, where, how, the, how 2001 progresses from like Primitive Man to the dawn of a new species mm-hmm. and how that's a kind of um, an optimistic kind of teleology of okay. my of like progressing getting better and better and better whereas in this instance in this film um it's kind of the opposite the character's future is down okay yeah maybe uh, i can no i mean that. I, I no I, yeah. I, I get what you mean yeah um yeah, like, so I kind of like, a slight, a kind of subtle like critique of that maybe. Well, the the, the notions the, of the 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 kind of um, like time destroys everything. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, Things don't necessarily get better. Yeah. Because we're going into the future. Mm. Yeah, I get you. Uh-huh. Yeah. So kind of postmodern thing where it was a critique of like classical enlightenment narratives or like Marxism or something that are for foresee the future is a. Uh, Forever getting better. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how. So it's like saying that, that it doesn't get better, it's just the same. We mm. just repeat the same things. Aye. Like, uh, yeah. Kind of like how we've got like a Tory government again. Right. Just kind of <laughs> <in that>. Yeah. <laughs>
no, no, I get you definitely. Um, well, moving on slightly from from that, but um, I was looking into like the kind of the new French extremity mm. movement type mm. thing. What do you? What's your thoughts on that? And the kind of it's pla- this film's place within. Yeah, I, well. I wasn't not too familiar with that. I've seen some of the films and I read the yeah. wiki article, but it seemed a wee bit loose as yeah, a as a, as, well. um, as a scene. Yeah. But um I mean what's in there like martyrs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um High Tension, I haven't seen that. But, uh, um there's a bunch Catherine of... Briat. Is, uh, is it Frontier or um Yeah, Briat, I don't know. There's a lot of them. Bice Mo- Mo- Oh, is well. that one uh, Okay. Um, is in there as well. Um, I mean, that's a, a kind of like a scene that's kind of get a lot of criticism as well. You know about like there seems to be a lot of different mixed messages. I mean, some people are saying that like you know they're getting criticised for their films being like the kind of torture porn American movement stuff, right? right? But then there's other directors that are saying, "Aye, that's what I was going for." Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, like, mm. um. Whereas the guy, I think it was the guy um, that directed Martyrs, was saying that like his thing was he was doing the kind of anti hostel mm. yeah, yeah. type thing. Um, I mean that's another like, like stunning film. Like, yeah, uh, Martyrs. I mean that's yeah, that's um, one I would kind of say is similar in a way to this, <coughs> like mm-hmm. because it's incredibly brutal, but it has a, an idea, it's a yeah. philosophy uh-huh. like behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, as I said, I, don't, I haven't seen any of the other films on. You said that uh, Zabaiswa wasn't that great. Ah, uh, I, I didn't think much of it, to be honest. But I don't know, I was just kind of, I was looking up in this film, I came across this and I wasn't sure right. if you knew anything about it. Mm, Trouble Every Day, the Claire Denis film, is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's quite good. It's kind of um, modern, kind of vampire type film. Right, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe some films we can have a look at in the future. Mm. Um, cool. There you go. What about uh, Gaspar Noe um, himself? He's only done three films. Yes. Well, uh, three features. Mm. Have you seen them? The three of them? Aye. What about Enter the Void? Uh, that's pretty stunning as well. Is it? Yeah. I, I was reading about about that, and uh, I quite like. I didn't. I didn't. I obviously went to went to wiki, and I didn't want to read the whole plot, so I right. just read the kind of first bit, and I was mm. kind of um, intrigued. Does it look a kind of futuristic? Take am I right? No. Um, no, was I reading that wrong? I think it's set in the present <coughs> day Tokyo. I read, thought I read there was a bit of a kind of like influence. Oh, I might be totally wrong. Yeah, the curious thing about that and that film is um, the protagonist. We see the whole film has POV right. as a camera, ah, and we right. don't even see the character at all. Ah. So, like, the start of the film, you are looking straight through the eyes of the character. What about uh, my standalone? Yeah, I just watched that uh, during the week there. That's the, the first time you'd seen it. The other day, yeah. That's okay. Um, it's a straighter film than he's saying to. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting about that is ninety percent of the dialogue is like character in a monologue. <laughs> right. It's basically just one character kind of is a butcher, um, and he's just trying to. He's just kind of on the kind of bottom rung of society. He had his own shop and stuff, but then he killed a guy because he mistakenly thought he had molested his daughter. And then he goes to jail, the daughter gets put in care or whatever. Right. And it's just after he gets out, he's trying to get back on track. But <laughs> Right. And it culminates in the, the incest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's a bit, bit of a more 
about I'll weird... beat I. Uh, not beat film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So I'll, I'll definitely check out uh, Men to the Void, I think. Mm-hmm. Interests me. Uh, long takes in that as well? Um, I think so. I can't remember exactly. I think so. Mm. Yeah. I think if it was in first person, probably yeah. more likely to be. Cool. So I think we agree basically with kind of Ebert's the late Ebert, we should yeah. probably mention mm. poor Ebert the way now. Um is kind of statement of that it's not for everyone. Mm. Um I think it's uh, a rewarding enough film like for the the craft of it, the actual the art that it you know, the the approach that's that, that brings it together. Yeah. Um it's definitely, I mean, it's a 16 mil shot. It's you know, it's gorgeous, like, mm. you know, the way that it's shot. And I mean, the camera work, I think he did some of it himself, right? And Wiki was saying that anyway. So, Gary, what would you say was your takeaway? The thing you can take away from this film, yeah. Kind of... I think the most important thing from the film is probably its structure because originally you might think it's just a kind of stylistic um, flashy move but it's actually it turns out that it's incredibly without that if it was told linear then the film would be totally flipped and it wouldn't have the, the proper philosophical impact so that's what I think the uh, kind of key yeah, thing with this film is definitely um, I mean of the film. Um, for me um, I mean I'd only be repeating what you're saying about the, mm. about the structure but I mean for me the, the initial thing for me was the the camera work and like yeah. just the kind of just having the balls to like not like try and ease you in not as mm. no, it's not welcoming opening to the film mm. even though there's no violence necessarily right in that first scene yeah it's just not something that you would it would like oh i'm gonna watch this you know right, yeah it's very challenging mm. but like so brave and just like it just gets the tone of the film or that part of the end of the film you know it's just this crazy like whatever you know, you don't know what's happening, um, and that carries through to this the club scene, and it, it you know it slowly becomes less erratic, you know, yeah, as, yeah. as we get to the beginning of the story, um, when things were less less erratic in the in the story. So I think that is a character almost of itself. That that's like one of the actors, mm. you know, because they are so frenzied and and violent and erratic at the end, and it slowly becomes back to like normal, like what you would class as normal human being mm. behaviour uh, or normal f- photography right, um, yeah. in the camera. So that's for me. Good stuff. Good stuff indeed. So we hope you enjoyed our conversation on Irreversible. Um, now, time for some... Random shit. So this is the part of the podcast, Gary, where if you just came to listen about the film, you can tune out. You may want to, yeah. You may want to tune out, because yeah. this is the... Bullshit section. Mm. Not so much, really. There's there's some interesting stuff sometimes. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, this is it's a general kind of news and news reviews. Uh, ah, yeah. And pickups sort and things like that. You know, video. Yeah. What you've been up stuff. to, mate? You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, what you think about this? It's like an open discussion part of the podcast. It's sort of like a freeform jazz section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah some improving. That's what we're doing. <laughs> we're doing our own improving. Right. Um, me, me and you could do like what, 10 minutes on Jimmy Dodgers, Gary, so we could, I mean, anything like that. <laughs> um, so, again, if you know, just saying, that was the film. Mm. There's the time for some, some, ra- some freeform thought. Right. Random conversation. 
they don't get to see Gary that much. So, um, so we'll change it up a bit. I think this time we'll just run through some anything we've been buying, okay. and then we'll go to any right, news aye. items we've got, anything like that. Um, I'll just run through mines quickly, man. Um, I picked up the Roger Rabbit steelbook. Oh yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, I recently got the Willow one, but returned that because uh, it wasn't. I didn't like it that much. Right, it was a bit kind of plain. But the Roger Rabbit one's really nice. It's got some textured bumpies on it, right. you know what I mean, in the back and that. Is that some embossing? Oh, that's it. That? No. It's, it's, ah, it's mainly embossing. It's like, oh, right. it's shaped. Okay. Right. It's metal. <laughs> um, but it's got some nice, art, nice artwork in the back and in, in interior and things yeah. like that. Yeah, so that was a Zavi exclusive. Yeah, it's a nice steelbook. It is. Right. It's, um, the film looks pretty decent as well. The cartoon, the, you know, the, the opening sequence in cartoon and there's a bunch of the shorts on the, the Blu-ray and things like that and they're all, right. they've all been like, uh, rendered in high def and things oh, like that. So they're really pretty nice. Um, made me kind of, like, warn, like, I've thought for a while about getting, I think the Warner Brothers and like Tom and Jerry and things like that have released a lot of their, car- you know, their old shorts in high def and Blu-ray and things right, like right. that. Um, I thought about getting them before but I think I might look into it more now more right, seriously yeah. now because um, they look really nice mm-hmm. even the, even the, these parts of this film and stuff um, picked up a Chronicle you know that for the kind of superhero oh yeah, like, yeah kind of found footage. footage type yeah, thing yeah. I wanted to see that for a while the yeah. guy, uh, it's meant to be alright mm. um, haven't seen it haven't watched it yet but I picked that up um, Big Lebowski Digibook got oh, that yeah. watched that that's nice mm. nice book um, Fantastic Mr Fox Good, picked that yeah. up that was a kind of almost a, a mistake right because HMV wouldn't have returned someone had to exchange it but it's meant to be a really good film so yes. kind of you know a golden shit still gold do you know what I mean <laughs> you get <laughs> um, a slip cover with it oh yeah aye, aye. oh do you get a slip cover with yours uh, yeah yeah, yeah. digital copy as well mm. I've got, on that right. my iPads I have digital right. copy I'm not too fast with them. No, yeah. I just put them on because right, it's yeah. mine, isn't it? You know what yeah. I mean? It's like I had one for ages ago and I never claimed it before. I had like any eye devices. Mm. Um, there are other devices available. Mm. Um, and I tried to thing it, reclaim it, you know, and it's the one where you get the disc and it's on the disc, oh, the copy, yeah. and it's just you need an authorization code. And I wrote to, I think it was Paramount or something like that, and I'm like, yeah, what's going on with this? And they're saying, oh, it's expired. And I says, wait a minute, I, I've bought this in good faith, mm. right? And the, the the copy's on the freaking disc. I have it. It's mine. Yeah. It's I've bought it. <laughs> yeah. Why can't I copy it from a thing? Yeah. But they wouldn't budge at all. They were dicks about it. Mm. I don't understand that. They expire the digital copies. That's like, yeah. How about they expire when I fucking redeem it? Right. You know what I mean? You can't. Aye. You know. <laughs> stop it. Anyway. Um. Also picked up Nick and Nora's Infinite Play- Playlist. All right. On Blu-ray, Michael Sarah film. Sorry, right. I watched it on DVD ages ago. I'm right. I got it for like. I think I got literally got it for like two pound fifty or something right. like that, right? Um, and I got the Avengers, just from America because I didn't want Avengers Assemble, right? Uh, but my mate was over in America, oh, right. so okay. I asked him if he could get me the Avengers because right. that's the name of the film. Yeah, no, yeah. Got, no, got the Avengers Assemble. He would know. Is just a standard Blu-ray? Uh, what do you mean, mate? Is it a steelbook or? Oh no, it's just yeah. it's just a thing. Yeah, I was trying to get the right. Target exclusive one, but they must right. have been sold out okay. completely. Um. So there's a, a there's a Noah box set or something with every like individual film. Yeah, uh, and it's like it's in a case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty. Epic. Uh, that's like a hundred and fifty pounds. Uh, I'm, like, mm. I'm not that desperate for mm. it, you know. It's pretty nice, but look, what's it going to do? Quite stir, isn't it? Um, but yeah, so that's me finally got that film. But see, I wanted to get the Avengers because right, that's what it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's me. What about you, guy? 
Um, <coughs> okay, well, some of the stuff I've been getting, um, I picked up some French digibooks. Oh, yes. We were talking about this. Yeah. Would you go for a digibook in a, a language that isn't English? Of course you wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, it. <laughs> Too much Gary replied on it. I've just bought like fucking 10 of them. Yeah, no, I think I'm getting to a point now where I don't really want to buy just an Amory case anymore. Yeah, you're saying this. Yeah. Uh-huh. I get you. Uh-huh. Um, so if there's a choice between like a digibook, even though it's in French, uh, an Amory, I think I might go for it. Mm-hmm. So what, what have I got? I picked up um, Manhattan, mm-hmm. uh, Raging Bull, uh, The Tree of Life, uh, Blue Velvet, uh, Inception and uh, One Plus One, also called Sympathy for the Devil, as you all look at that film, but right. the, the Rolling Stones. Yeah, so I think it's Fox that's been putting out a bunch of digibooks in France. Right. So, um, kind of poor, isn't it, that we don't get, like, you know. The UK seems deprived. Yeah, digibooks uh, are like, totally right. Like, until this year, late, late last year, like, I hadn't really seen many digibooks. Yeah, yet, it's only been I mean? universal, I think, that's yeah. done any. Um, they did their. Like the Jaws one, anniversary, yeah. Like, yeah, like the uh, To Kill a Mockingbird and all that. Um, I don't know why that is. That's uh, pretty poor. Like, I mean, we mm. don't. Like, we off. I think we get more steel books than that. Yeah. But sometimes the steel books are just piss poor. Like, uh, you know, it's not not worth it. I'd rather mm. have a, a thick book. Mm. You know, even even in a like a clear amory or something like that. You know what I mean? That would be fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the Master Cinema and mm. the Criterion do. It's, I'd be happier with that than a steel book, but. Mm-hmm. Because they can get scratched easy, Gary. You can. Well, I. Yeah, you have to get yourself a wee slip. Some sort of plastic slip cover for steelbooks, Gary. And it was available on eBay somewhere. Yeah. Sometimes it's better if it's just photos. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I really that. like the, <clears throat> the Manhattan one. There's some good photos in there. All right. It's a nice blue and white. Yeah, I cover. believe the Inception one's got a few repeated photos. Well, it does, eh? Uh, Inception one's the Warner Brothers um, premium collection. Oh, yeah, the, which the, came the, out the in Europe. white. Yeah, it's a really like a double size. Oh yeah, uh, a thicky. Yeah, <laughs> um, so that's quite nice. In the same vein, I picked up the Reservoir Dogs German Steelbook. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, which is out of print now, um, but that's quite a nice one if you can find it for a decent price. Um, and the only unfortunate thing with that is it doesn't uh, contain all the same features as the UK Blu-ray. Right. It's most of them, but there's a few missing, which is a shame. So you can't upgrade you know, yeah, and sell yeah, yeah. one. Um, if you care about every special feature. Cool. Um, so, any news items, Gary, at all? I see that um, Shout Factory, um, or Scream Factory, whatever you want to call them, uh, are bringing out The Fog. Uh, John Carpenter's The Fog. Right. And like in a collect- collect's edition type thing. They're also bringing out um, Life Force, which I believe Arrow are bringing out as well. Mm. Um, but I'm quite interested in the the fog because right. it's been out in the UK on Blu-ray for a while, but it's just like a vanilla release. It's, okay. Uh, I don't know what the transfers like or anything like that. But they're announcing the special features on in Monday, which will be the twenty first. No, twenty second, I think it is. Apparently, the birthday of the bay that the the film takes place on. Oh, right, right. It takes place on the birthday of the bay, and it's the same date. So they're announcing mm. the, the special features. So I don't know if there'll be a commentary for that. For that, I don't know if there was one on the DVD. Um, but I'm quite, I quite, I quite like that film. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Carpenter, so I'd um, right. definitely probably pick that up. Um, it'd be nice to see get some actual special features, <laughs> mm. which I didn't have in the DVD. But didn't you talk about that? Um, there's another Carpenter film that came out in Twilight Time, Christine, recently. Oh yeah, it sold it really fast. It was one of the three thousand. Is that Carpenter? Interesting. Film? That was that Carpenter. 
Christine? It's a that's a Stephen King film. Yeah, hey, like, booked isn't it? I don't know. Christine. I don't know about the car. Ah, it's got a car on the cover. Right. It is a that is a Carpenter film. It's, it's based on the novel with Stephen King. Yeah. You've seen that now? I've not seen that now. Yeah. I, I think I saw maybe like back in the day, like you know, clip. Oh, it was on TV once okay, or right, right. I, I honestly didn't realise it was a Carpenter film. Mm. Um. But I know it was out in Twilight Time. I think right. you got a decent enough review, didn't it? Uh, I didn't see the review, actually. It's awful um, complaining because uh, about the, the website, Screen Archive's website, where you buy them, they were, the, they were letting folk buy like 10 at a time and all oh, that. So it's just shit. Aye, aftermarket. Yeah, yeah. I get you. Then they brought it down, like restricted it after, but after it was kind of nearly sold out, I think. But That's poor. That's not uh, the way to be doing it, isn't it? No, right. Especially when you're... If you, I mean, they seem to be kind of catering to the... The hardcore. Yeah, the genre yeah. titles are the ones that seem to sell out. Sell out quite well and stuff. Well, that's a shame. I, I never realised that was... I've never seen it, but I'll need to try and pick it up at some point. Um, Probably a better rating for a better edition if, yeah. it's, if it's sold out. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, I'll not be paying crazy money for mm. it. Especially if I've no, never really knew it was his film. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, The Fog uh, intrigues me. I think they... I, I don't know how long it's been announced, but they're doing The Howling as well. I think I mentioned that last time, but all the special features and things like that are, have been announced for that now. So if anyone's interested in that, right. to check that out. Um, anything you've got, uh, One thing I was going to talk about is... Um, well, recently there's a bunch, a bunch of uh, Criterion films yeah, that went out of print. Oh, out of print? So I saw some new announcements. There was announcements yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you that. go for your... Yeah, so it's a bit of a shame that there's six titles um, that Studio Canal have, um, well, the rights have kind of expired, I think, for the Criterion uh, licence, and they've went back to Studio Canal, they haven't obviously let them uh, continue to mm-hmm. renew it, I It's a shame because it was a couple of years ago, Studio Canal took away a bunch of uh, titles from Criterion as well, and these ones are like really like kind of really big, pretty big titles for Criterion. Mm-hmm. It's like four uh, films by Jean-Pierre Melville, uh, Le Doulos, uh, Leon Moran Priest, uh, Army of Shadows, Le Cirque Rouge, uh, then there's an Italian film Mafioso and Last Year at Marion Bad as well. Oh, right, right. Oh, so that sucks. I, got, and mo- I had most of them, mm-hmm. so I picked up the ones I didn't have. I didn't buy Mafioso because that's just a, it's only a DVD. Right. And it's a, it's a decent film, but I'm not that bothered about owning it. So... Uh, last year was probably when I was wanting to pick up right, I need to have a look and see that it's still the Studio Canal UK version is pretty good yeah um, the, I think the slightly different features but um, nothing major I think it's an audio interview with Renee that's mm-hmm. on the Criterion one that's no on the Studio Canal one but um, ah, it's just a bit of a shame yeah because uh, generally Studio Canal do kind of inferior Mm. Not to the same level as Criterion, but... Um, cool. Well, not cool, but... Eh. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we've seen a couple of films recently at the cinema. Again. Well, we saw one film. I saw one film. Aye. Um, Spring Breakers. What did you... You want to talk a wee bit about it? I know mm-hmm. we've done some... Yeah. A few Korean films. Um, might as well mention some stuff about it. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was very good. 
Well, great even. Uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely the best thing he's done since John Donkey Boy, definitely. in my opinion. Um, I mean, I've, I've not seen the, sorry, I've not seen the in, interim films. Obviously, right. I've saw Gummo and, and John Donkey Boy and kids, but uh, no, I, I absolutely loved it. I thought mm. it was... Um, I don't know. It was just. It was brilliant. I thought it right. was. Uh, I really no. I did. I, like, I mean, there was bits in it like that you and I just like, yeah. cracked up at some funny performances and scenes and stuff like that. James Franco pretty much made that film Aye. for me as well. Um, that's not to the diminish the performances of the four girls either. They were really good in it as well. But um, we saw it in a kind of semi, not even f- like quarter full cinema. Mm. Like maybe what another fifteen people or something. Maybe more. Yeah, than that. maybe. Um, I think we were the only ones that were laughing and enjoying it. <laughs> um, definitely what you should have expected from Kareen, but not necessarily what I was expecting. Like, you know, filmmaking-wise, story-wise, mm. I think, like, people going to see it would have been expecting some sort of a American Pie ironic Maybe, yeah. take on, on, like, you know, like slapstick take on the Spring Break movie. Aye. Um, I that's think what I'm saying like I'm not trying to sound superior but I doubt many folks that mm. go and see it would know who Harmony Crane is like, yeah. um, <clears throat> just the fact that um, see the poster alright I know mm-hmm. I like them that's it I definitely it's definitely your kind of teen movie looking at it. and to be yeah. honest like I didn't know if it was going to go that way you know mm. more kind of like, it seemed like what I knew of the film beforehand not having read many reviews it seemed like it was going to be I mean, it's quoted as his most n- normal film, mm. and I'm, I think maybe it still is. But like, I was expecting like a much more like mainstream film experience. Okay. Uh, almost like as if he'd sold out. Right. You know what I mean? But I didn't get that at all from it. I thought um, it was definitely his still his style, and you still get the kind of same kind of filmmaking elements that you had in these other films that I've seen. Yeah. You know, the kind of the cutting style and the montage. The mo- yeah, the montage <laughs> definitely. It's not quite as maybe lo-fi as his first two films in mm-hmm. terms of how he would play, play with different formats and stuff yeah. and make it look really grungy. But there are, and there's, it, more, there's more of a, a narrative story, like a traditional yeah, yeah. story. Yeah. But it's still not like spoon-feeding everything to you. I mean, like I, I said to you, like, I think about... I was expecting people to like up and walk out or something about 10 uh, minutes in or 10, 15 minutes into it because you really hadn't been given much in the way of this is what's happening and this is what they're going to do. Mm. You know what I mean? There's usually getting like mm. in that kind of film. Um, yeah. Um, getting into it, I was thinking, or well, the obvious kind of reference point um, is kids for me because mm-hmm. that's, I thought this, or this is his version of kids in the sense that it's young girls running about in bikinis mm-hmm. uh, and it could be something that's criticised for being kind of exploitative um, and I'm still I'm not completely sure I think we need to see it again mm-hmm. to kind of see how that's resolved because um, I mean he is trying to do something that's ironic um, as a, that a critique of the kind of hedonistic uh, materialism of that kind of spring break culture um, but um, the thing, like, the thing is, like, it's fine to say, all right, I'm doing this. It's ironic, but at the end of the day, you've still shown the. There's a lot at the start of the film. Yeah. Spring break montage. Yeah. Girls topless and shit like that. Um. So it's one thing to say, all right, that I'm doing it, but it's ironic. But at the end of the day, you're still doing the same thing as the thing you're criticising. Mm-hmm. So, I, th- uh, I think he's got away with it, but as some scenes a wee bit leery maybe yeah um, I mean I, I did the fit. I felt there was a bit a couple of bits at the beginning with the four girls as well like after the the, mm. the beginning with the, you were saying with the spring break scenes mm. 
Um, I thought, but I don't know. I mean, I think he saves it. I definitely. Uh, uh, to me, it does save it because I didn't come away with a bad taste from it or anything like that, or feeling like it, that's what the film was about. Mm. That wasn't the. Oh, remember that bit? You know, like you yeah, know, yeah. that wasn't the bit that stuck out to me at all. I mean, there's just some genius moments in that film that just literally you just can't. You're like, oh, this is like experience-wise, it was just like a joy. You know, what I mean? mm. it was just like this is a. Uh, something I've never really seen before that like, didn't present it in the, that way, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and as I say, for me, he didn't, he didn't compromise his style, which is what I was worried about, and mm. that's, that's, that's good enough for, you know, like, that's, I'm happy at that, that um, he, he kind of upheld his own kind of filmmaking style, you know? Because it could have been easily like a studio film where he was, the people were like, no, you'll have to do this. You'll have yeah. to put in a scene when they say, like, this is what's happening, yeah. you know, like, exposition scenes, mm. you know what I mean? There wasn't, like, all that guff. Um, so, there you go. Yeah. Good. Good times. Spring break forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I went last night to see the Evil Dead remake. Have you seen it? You, no, you've not been working, have you? No, I'm not. <clears throat> um, I enjoyed it. It was good. Yeah. It was It was fairly decent. Um, I, 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 to me, it doesn't. It doesn't touch. It doesn't touch the original for me because the original was its own distilled thing. Um, but I liked what they did with some of it. Some there was some interesting stuff. There was definitely some like homages to the camera work that Remy used and things right, like that, yeah. and certain moments and things like that. Um, I thought performances were really well. The performance from Jane uh, Levi or Levy, the the main character, the main actress, was really strong. Um. Her the character the guy that played her brother I didn't feel didn't buy him quite as well, um. But it was good. There was a lot of like kind of throwbacks, like minutes, you know, moments from like you think, oh, that's like obviously a reference, but it wasn't. You didn't feel like that. Like it didn't feel like it was being hit over the head. It didn't like take you out of the film. Right. You know, like oh look at this. Okay. But there was enough there that if you'd seen it before, you kind of knew what it was what was going on or like what they were referencing right. mm. but it wasn't it didn't feel like that kind of remake where they they go oh look at this right, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean um, it was just let, yeah, sprinkled in there okay. um, but I, I thought it was a, there was it was more of a jumpy film than like a scary film I think right okay but there was some really cool imagery in it like that kind of updated the deadites right. from the original you know what I mean like when you look at them now they don't look scary necessarily you know what I mean but these versions looked scarier but it kept all the kind of like the menacing, like the, the talking that they did in the original. You know what I mean? That kind of style, like kind of being like tormenting, mm. as well as actually physically hurting. Right. You know, um, it was good. It was yeah. decent. Um, I, I, I maybe say like a seven out of ten. Okay. Kind of thing. It's disappointing in terms of you were kind of <sighs> expecting, hoping for great things. No, yeah. I don't think it disappointed yeah. me. I think I, I was. I thought it was. I, I knew it wasn't going to be shit. Right. In my head, anyway. Um, the, the last ten minutes of it felt like an Evil Dead film. All right. And it's like maybe what I mean. Once people see it, they'll know what I mean. Maybe. Um, but it was quite a. I you know that felt like this is what like an Evil Dead film should feel like. Whereas the rest of it had like the kind of a similar setup, an arc, and it felt a lot meaner. In the original, you right. know, there's a lot yeah. more kind of. That's that's what Ken Wood, <clears throat> Ken Wood was saying in his mm -hmm. review. It's kind of in the vein of these recent torture porn 
post torture porn remakes mm. where it's more it's not really scary it's just kind of nasty and mm-hmm. and I agree with that a certain, but there are there are bits in it that really are quite well done and things like that and um, updating a few kind of like stalwart moments from the, the original right. one there's a really good scene when, when the evil's first evoked um, when it's racing through the, the, the woods um, that I quite liked and again I'm not, I don't Aye. know if people have seen it I don't want to give oh, no, you know, thing um, but yeah I, I, I wasn't disappointed as I say like, for me the trailer was a 10 out of 10 I loved the trailer right. I just think I thought that was thingy. but um, for the film I'd say like 7, 7.5 maybe Right, but um, good, but not, not like it's not like gonna replace my Evil Dead mm. and the Evil Dead pantheon. You know what I mean? It works good, but that's about it. Mm. not exceptional. Oh, there you go. Right. So, shall we wrap it up, Gary? Is that us? Let's wrap it. Wrap it. Um, next episode, Gary. What we're going to be looking at? Is it My Bloody Valentine? It is indeed the original yeah. My Bloody Valentine. Right. Um, directed by Gary George Big George <laughs> Big Jordy um, George Shakiris from West Side Story no Shakira is it because his breasts are small and humble <laughs> no I can't remember it's not a film I've seen so uh, it's not a film I've seen actually oh, really? no right. I've got it in bloody but I've okay. not watched it yet I was saving it uh, George Mahika Mahalka aye that guy um, that dude um, this is a film from 81 it's a video nasty I believe mm. it, wasn't, it wasn't one of the video nasties <laughs> <laughs> I think I thought it was so this is a not are you sure it wasn't one of the final it's definitely not in the final because I'm sure in that documentary was that was just on the slasher film it wasn't the video nasty no it wasn't the video nasty they were talking about it and said it was one of the better ones that prompted me to mm. pick it up Unless that's section three, maybe. Maybe. Um, anyway, it's like an late 80s slasher film. It's meant to be it's meant to be all right. Right. Spawned a, a remake. You ever see the remake, Gary? I didn't know. No. Is that in 3D? No, it's was all right. It was a four or something. All right. We're separating things at 10. Um, so we're looking at the original. Um, as I say, it's meant to be all right. So join us next time on Cinema Subculture. Thanks for listening.